Blog Talk Radio. It comes, but once a year, each tick of the clock, the time draws near, where there'll be hope for every team in the National Football League. Kuiper and Boxbaum pave the way, predicting the names Kamish would say, Drastic's watching every day. Who are the prospects for the next lane? Scouting, ranking, box, and train. From Mobile to Indy display, seven rounds of fun. Whether it's Mr. Irrelevant or number one. It's the countdown to the NFL draft. Welcome to the DC Podcast, brought to you by DraftCountdown.com. I'm Scott Wright, and this episode, I'm going to be looking at the top snubs from the 2016 NFL Scouting Combine. And, and every year, the vast majority of the top prospects receive invitations to, to show their wares in Indianapolis, but there's always a handful that, small, that, that fall through the cracks. In fact, on average, about 15% of the players that will be selected in any given NFL draft we're not at the scouting combine. So basically what this means is, given the choice, preferably you'd like to have the invite to the combine to, to kind of show your stuff in front of all those decision makers. However, not a necessity. Not, not a necessity. You can definitely be drafted, maybe even on the second day, without being an indie. So uh, these are my top five snubs. And obviously, this is a very subjective matter. And, and everybody has prospects they like more or less than others. And and I think if you talk to 10 different people, you'll probably get 10 different lists, and especially in terms of the order of who were the biggest snubs. But I, I think there was a handful that, that kind of stood out for me. And I think you might see the same group, just a different order for the most part, uh, especially near the top. So I'm going to count down in draft countdown style. I'm going to start at five and count down to one. And you can read more about all these guys on the website at draftcountdown.com. But let's start at number five. And I went with Jake Coker, the quarterback from India, from Alabama. And my top four, I came up with pretty quick. And then I had a handful of four or five players who I kind of uh, went back and forth with for that final spot on this list. And ultimately, I went with Coker. Uh, just because of, of the positional value, and when in doubt, tie goes to the quarterback is kind of my my mantra because that posi- position is. And uh, I, I just think it, it speaks volumes about how much better this quarterback class is in comparison to last year when you think that a, a player like Coker couldn't even get invited to Indy. Uh, even though physically he's got all the tools you look for, he's a prototypical pass, pocket passer. He's 6'5", 232, and and had a nice senior campaign for the Crimson Tide. Led him to a national championship. He completed uh, 66.9% of his passes, over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns compared to his eight interceptions. There's a lot to like about Jay Coker. And, I mean, this year he didn't even get invited to the scouting combine. If he were in last year's draft, I'm not so sure he wouldn't have been a top five quarterback. Uh, so this is just a much stronger crop of quarterbacks. And I think the fact that someone like Coker wasn't invited – really speaks to that. And and a lot of the co- young quarterbacks that made rosters from last year's class, especially the late round players, the priority free agents, they're going to be fighting for their lives in their roster spots this year because there's going to be more talented players coming into the mix. And I think you're going to see a lot of the, the young quarterbacks who made rosters last year catch on to one degree or another kind of fall by the wayside once you get this influx of talent. So number five, I'm going with Jake Coker. Number four, I went with Kevin Byard, the safety from Middle Tennessee State. And uh, I think he probably is higher on some lists than this, but 
Uh, for me, I'm not quite as big of a fan, but he has a lot of people in the, the draftnik community who, who really like Kevin Byard, and, and there is a lot to like. I mean, you look at the box score, or the, the production in, the, in the, the career production, 312 tackles, 17 pass breakups, four, 14 interceptions. He got the job done on Saturdays. And he's a good player, uh, very instinctive, has a nose for the ball, but the issue with Byard is he's a bit of a tweener. Uh, he's a safety, but maybe almost plays like a linebacker, just doesn't have that ideal speed and length that you look for at the next level. And and it would have been nice to see him at the scouting combine uh, to give him a chance to maybe answer some of those questions that scouts have about him, and uh, especially his ability and coverage, but he's going to have to wait for his pro day. So checking in at number four on my scouting combine snub list is Kevin Byard, safety from Middle Tennessee State. Next up at number three is Jay Lee, wide receiver from Baylor. And, and I, like many, were pretty surprised when we initially saw that he was invited to the Senior Bowl. Uh, just It's not that he's a bad player. Just didn't necessarily think he was a Senior Bowl quality prospect, but proved he belonged in mobile. Uh, had a very good week, and, uh, and unfortunately, he's still going to have more motivation now to kind of prove to everybody uh, – all the doubters wrong because now he's not going to the, the scouting combine. Everyone doubted him when he got invited to the senior bowl. He, he stepped up to the plate and, and answered those concerns. Uh, you can have another opportunity now. Uh, and, and of course he was overshadowed uh, this past year at Baylor. Corey Coleman is going to be a first round pick. Most likely certainly a top 50. Uh, Kitty Cannon was a very productive player for Baylor, but uh, it's not like Lee was a slouch. He finished with 38 catches for 758 yards and eight touchdowns. Averaged 19.9 yards a catch at uh, six foot two and 214 pounds. That's a pretty impressive uh, display of vertical playmaking ability for a guy that big. And then I think when you also factor in the success Baylor has had when it comes to producing wide receivers for the pros in recent years, uh, Kendall Wright, Josh Gordon, Terrence Williams are just a, a few to name. Uh, I, I'm surprised that with his physical tools, his senior campaign, and his program pedigree that Lee was snubbed. But uh, to me, he's a day three draftable wideout, uh, and, uh, and I think he's going to be one of these guys who, uh, one of those 15% who defy the odds and wind up being drafted, even though they weren't in Indy. Checking in at number two is Morgan Burns, cornerback from Kansas State. And, and honestly, this one has me scratch my head a little bit. It, it, not just that he wasn't invited to the scouting combine, but he wasn't at an all-star game either. And, and I, I've got some calls in. I'm kind of digging to find out what the, the, the case is with Burns. Is he just being deemed not good enough? Are there underlying medical or character issues there? What's the deal? Because uh, Morgan Burns, I think, is a draftable prospect just based on his special teams ability alone. Uh, he was named the 2015 Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, he garnered All-American notice from a couple of different outlets uh, as a return man. And physically, he's 5'10", 3 quarters, 193 pounds. He supposedly is going to run somewhere in the 4'3 range. We'll see uh, at his pro day if he can replicate those numbers. But regardless, this is a player who this past season averaged 33.5 yards per kick return and scored four touchdowns. That's how he was named Special Teams of the Player of the Year and got all these All-American honors. And probably doesn't profile as a top-flight cover guy in the NFL, although I think he's certainly good enough in the secondary to, to contribute as a backup defensive back. Uh, but then when you factor, also factor in that Special Teams playmaking ability where he could be a true difference maker, 
uh, in the game of field position, I think Morgan Burns should be a draftable player. And I, I'm, I was surprised he didn't get invited to an all-star game, and I'm really surprised that he didn't get invited to the scouting combine either. I'm not exactly sure what the story is there. Uh, but stay tuned. I'll, I'll do some more digging and try to find out. But, but keep an eye on Morgan Burns, especially if he tests and runs as well as we anticipate. And then finally, checking in at number one for my biggest snubs is Jatavis Brown, the outside linebacker from Akron. And I understand what the concerns are with Jatavis Brown. He's undersized. He's a tweener. There's just no way around it. He's 5'10", 3 quarters, only 221 pounds. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Not sure. That's why it would have been nice to see him uh, in Indianapolis in those drills and give him the opportunity to, to, to kind of alleviate those concerns that people have about him. But, boy, what a, what a terrific college player. He finished his career with 345 tackles. 20 tackles for a loss and 12, ta- 12 sacks as a senior where he played outside linebacker. The only Akron player with more career sacks is actually Jason Taylor, who might be going to the Hall of Fame next year, the Pro Football Hall of Fame next year. Uh, Brown is a three-time first-team All-Max selection. He was the Conference Player of the Year in 2015. On paper, the resume looks really good. And then to top it off, he went to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl and had a standout performance during that week. So all this guy does is just continue to get the job done on the field and, and kind of prove the doubters wrong at every turn, yet he still keeps getting not, – not overlooked because I, you can't be overlooked with his, with his resume, just doubted. Uh, I, I think that's, the, that's what the word is. People doubt him. They look at the size and, and don't know what to do with him, so they doubt him and, and underrate him. But I think Jatavis Brown is going to be a draftable player, and, and he already took a big step toward that with his recent performance at the, uh, one of the NFL regional combines, uh, went in there and ran a 4 4 seven, uh, just blazing fast. So even if he has to move to safety, he's got the type of, of speed to get the job done. And at the end of the day, this is just a good football player. Even if he's nothing more than a backup linebacker, you have to think he's going to excel on special teams. Uh, so uh, Jatavis Brown, uh, another one of those players who, for one reason or another, fell through the cracks, but uh, I will not be surprised if he winds up getting drafted uh, on day three, even if he's not an Indy. So that's my look at the top five scouting combine snubs. And, of course, I could probably list 25 different players who I, I feel should be an Indy, and I think most draft Knicks can as well. But uh, it, it, scouting is a very subjective business. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, maybe I'll just wrap up by kind of detailing a little bit how the process works. Uh, even before the All-Star games are played, teams have to submit a list of players that they want to see in Indianapolis. And it's basically a voting. And if, if you got invited, it means you got enough votes. If you didn't get invited, it means not enough teams uh, submitted your name. Now, keep in mind, a player who's not necessarily highly rated that they really like, they'll purposely leave him off their list, hoping he'll continue to fly under the radar and, and they don't want him on that big stage in Indianapolis so others can – can, can see what they're seeing. So there, there, there's a lot of gamesmanship, I guess, would maybe be a word for it that goes on with this as well. So uh, I just want to emphasize once again that is it nice to receive an invite to the Combine? Absolutely. Every prospect would take one if given the choice, but it's not the end of the world. Just because you weren't invited doesn't mean that uh, it's time to hang up your cleats and start looking for a new career. There's still plenty of opportunities for these guys to, to, to make an impact, and, and they're going to get seen. They're going to have an opportunity uh, if it's not in Indianapolis, it's going to be at their individual pro days. But, but those are the five guys that I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on. And 
so of the 332 that were invited to Indy, those are the five that I, I would have added if I had a, a few more slots. But uh, it, it's going to be fun to, to catch everybody. And, and these five players, don't be surprised if at least three of these five wind up getting drafted. I think that's a, a pretty safe projection, and I won't even be surprised if a little more. So with that, I'm going to call it a show. I want to thank everybody so much for listening and, and remind you to be sure to subscribe to Draft Countdown Podcast so that you can get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. And as always, there are 72 days, 23 hours, 17 minutes, and 25 seconds left until the 2016 NFL Draft. Tick-tock.